Hi, this is Delano from DelanoBound.com, also RopeDojo.com. This podcast is for adults 18 or older. Thanks for downloading another episode of the Massacast. Um, I got some, I, bizarre as it is, uh, I got some listener email. I do get emails from people who are just, you know, inquiring about the show or asking some general questions, but this one was specifically meant to be read. Um, here's, I'll just read it verbatim here. Hi, I'm listening to the podcast where you wanted a code, a coded question to see if someone is kinky. If you don't know what that re- refers to, listen to a couple episodes back. Uh, when a person is involved with AA and sees someone they think might also be a sober alcoholic, they ask him, do you know Bill W? Bill W was one of the founders of AA, so people who, wait a minute, should I be reading that? The Bill W was one of the founders of AA? Isn't it an, an uh, well, never mind. Uh, where was I? Oh yeah, Bill W was one of the founders of AA, so people know People who know that can start a conversation about being sober, and the person asked does not know. The one asking can play it off and say, oh, it's a mistaken identity. I don't know what name would work for this type of question for kink, but maybe you can come up with someone like a well-known writer about kink. Hope that makes sense. Uh, if not, write back and I'll try to explain. I do have a name. Su- I do have a name suggestion. Saad says Midori, so you can say, do you know Midori? I think you say, excuse me, do you know Gern Blanston? I think that's that's the name we should use. So you, that you know, from now on, if you're at a kink event, or if you're at a vanilla event or something like that, and you suspect someone might be kinky because of the Prince Albert hanging off of their penis, I have no idea. But somehow you can maybe surmise. You can go up to me. Excuse me. Do you know Gern Blanston? Uh, and then you can go from there. This episode, a conversation with Aaron Houdini, someone who is well known in the community here in New York and in probably uh, the world and elsewhere. Um, this was a really fun conversation. I'd never met Aaron. Um, a lot of people know Aaron. I've never, you know, had the pleasure. So this was nice to get to get to know Aaron. Uh, there's one thing that uh, I was asked to say that Aaron uh, mentions uh, about being polyamorous. Well, right now, Aaron and and her partner are are sort of semi-monogamous-ish right now. Um, so just keep that in mind when when we talk about polyamory. This episode was recorded like a month ago or so. So. Um, yeah, keep that in mind. Now they're 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 monogamous, but you know, so keep that in mind in context. So, I tried to tie myself up with rubber bands when I was three years old. Really? Yeah, I mean, like you watch cartoons, and there's always you know the villain tying up some girl, and I'm like a tiny, tiny little kid. I thought this was like the coolest thing ever. Like she's all tied up and can't move, yet she's like the center of attention, and everyone loves her, and the whole show's about her. And I'm like, that looks fun. I want to do that. Did anyone catch you? No, um, I quickly realized, you know, going to school, it's a little little kid like, huh, no one else seems to talk about this. It must be weird. Yeah. I don't want to be weird. I'm going to try to be normal. I had the exact same experience. Because I would tie myself up as well. And, but, and I, didn't, I had no idea of sex. Of course, nobody knows at that age but what sex is. At least I didn't. But there's still that part of my brain that somehow I knew I would, shouldn't talk about tying myself up. I think in the back of my mind, like, I knew there was, like, it was associated with sexuality, or at least, you know, a seven-year-old's idea of what sexuality might be. Yeah. I mean, because it's always, you know, the men tying up the women, you know, the villain tying up the damsel in distress, and, you know, the hero coming to save her, mm-hmm. and there's some kind of romantic thing there. And so, you know, I pieced it together that there was... Some sort of like sexual undertones to it, but like that didn't really become obvious until puberty and. But you started with rubber bands. <laughs> yeah, you, you I of... would try with like 
later on like with twine and clothesline rope but I always like kept it totally totally hidden because I knew this was like theoretically shameful until uh college I had a partner that I experimented a little with but then after college I'm like fuck this I'm just gonna move to the city and like find other people that do this because the internet tells me that other people do this and, like, <laughs> and the internet has never been wrong <laughs> And so you did. You found people who were you were like-minded. Yeah, well, I mean, I found bondage porn on the internet, so right. that made it pretty obvious that right, other right. people do this. And like, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to come to the city. I'm going to figure out where to find other people that tie each other up. And where did you find them? This was a while ago. No fet life. So right. I think eventually what I found was... On the message boards of Collar Me, there was this club in Greenpoint called Slave to Lust, which existed for about a year, less than that. But I went to that. But it was it was rope always the central, the central focus of your kink? No, I mean I liked the bondage thing, like being tied up. It didn't really matter whether it was with rope or chain or belts or handcuffs or whatever. It was like the whole like restraint thing was what really fascinated me i mean i because i i i've met people who you know they're either one way or the other like oh it's got to be rope and that's sort of their thing or leather is lazy or or vice versa i mean there's <laughs> there, there are people i've met who are like, obsessed with their their thing and anything that deviates from that is incorrect but i'm very much similar to you in that respect where it's, it doesn't matter to me if it's uh you know if it was if it's rope or cuffs obviously they have different abilities and different textures and like that but i don't have anything specific and it sounds like that's where you're coming from as well. Pretty much. I just like being restrained. Usually, like, the tighter the better. Yeah. And I figured, like, I wasn't meeting a lot of, you know, bondage tops when I was out. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try doing this. So you decided to just do it yourself? Yeah. So I decided to do it myself. I figured, like, you know what? If I teach people how to tie rope, then, like, people could tie me up. <laughs> <laughs> so. so that's how I got started with that. And it just sort of took on a life of its own. Like, I was good at it. and That's really interesting. So you were, you were teaching in order to have more of a, a dating pool, essentially. <laughs> Not like a dating pool. Playing I mean, pool. Yeah, a playing pool, maybe. Sure. Because I think the irony is my partner, my wife, Pandora, she's not into bondage at all. Right. Well, what do you think? Well, but... Is that just a situation where she, you know, she has all these other qualities that make you look past what... Well, I mean, I learned a long time ago that don't base your relationships on kink, because, well, I mean, at least not if you're me, and I don't meet too many people I actually, like, want to date, so when I do meet somebody I really, really like, like, you know, there's plenty of other ways to get, like, your kinks filled, you know, polyamory and all that. But if you find somebody who, you know, you're compatible with romantically, emotionally, living habits, intellectually, like, that's worth so much more than having the same kinks. And I suppose this is where your polyamory comes in. You mentioned your polyamory. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely talk about that a little bit further down the road. But I want, I want to talk more about, like, how, how you got... So you decided, okay, I'm going to just... I'm going to tie people up then, or I'm going to learn how to do this. And do you remember you just bought some books or you took some classes or how did you how did you um, start fumbled around for a while then finally dragged myself out to a beginner class at the gay center i think it was taught by david lawrence and you know i learned 
a single column and double column tie. And from there, I pretty much taught myself. And you were, uh, were you finding yourself learning the ties that you wanted other people to do on you? Were you sort of going down that road? Like you'd go, oh, wow. I, uh, yeah, I pretty much like tied the way like I would want to be tied up. But, you know, came to really enjoy like tying for its own sake. And eventually it just kept like evolving, like... Tying at this point isn't even something I do for sexual pleasure. It's like, you know, it's technical, it's artistic, it's has its own life to me, it's performative, it's a lot of things. So it's become, it's just become another type of art for you? Yeah. Yeah. At what point, I mean, how does that, when did you, is there a specific point when you realized I'm not doing this specifically for sexual reasons right now? Or kink reasons or whatever? Um... No, no specific point. It just, like, gradually went like that as I, I guess, fulfilled more and more of my fantasies to the point where, like, wow, I feel like I've done all the stuff, like, I, I imagined and wanted to do. That's where do good. I go from here? Most people most people would kill to be in your, your position. Or I'm just not very imaginative. I don't know, <laughs> but... <laughs> You've got one kink, and then it was, you know, one thing that you've... Really, like, no, I'm just, like, into bondage. Like, other than that, uh, you know, I've done a lot of stuff. I've done DS, I've done sadomasochism. You know, not all of it, but a lot of it. Like, I've been a true dominate. I've been a, you know, know, really, really submissive. And nowadays, I'm like, you know what? This whole DS thing doesn't really work for me. Like, I'm more or less like a dom control freak type personality, but I don't like being the dom in a relationship. It's because <laughs> it's too much work. Yeah, it's too much yeah. work, and like I don't get tied up enough. And right, if everyone thinks I'm a dom. No one's gonna. Well, I mean, everyone does think that, and no one wants to dare tie me up because, like, I oh, it's Aaron Houdini. I can't tie her up. She'll yeah. just escape. Well, and like, <laughs> it's also. I think it's not just that, but it's also. Um, Tying tying Aaron Houdini up for a lot of people, I imagine, would be similar to, uh, you know, offering, hey, Picasso, can I, you want me to paint your house for you? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, obviously, I'm exaggerating, but you know what I'm saying? You wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go up to Henry Ford or, and say, hey, let me show you how this is done. You know, let me, let me, don't you think that's maybe part of it? Oh, so I've got something to say here. I can tell. Or are you just... This whole line of thought is assuming that every time you play with somebody you're trying to impress them or teach them sh- something or prove yourself that it's not just about the experience and that's but at the same time it's it's there's got to be some sort of self-conscious aspect to it right uh, you're, you're you're rolling your eyes you're you're I'm, I'm saying this i'm just don't you think that's maybe why people are maybe a little apprehensive to tie you up I don't know. I'm just kind of like standoffish, though. I don't think it's like people are. I mean, maybe some people are starstruck. I don't know. But I like. I I, I am like kind of distant. Like I'm not terribly easy to get close to. I mean, I warm up. Sure. Like anyone. Yeah. But you're saying you'd like to be at a play party and someone just walk up to you and say, "Hey." Well, no. I, at play parties, like I I prefer to do the tying. Like that's my that's my stage. It's my chance to do my art and my performance. I mean, like, I'm probably not going to turn down someone that wants to tie me up if they, you know, if they look either are really good or are really attractive. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe both. Maybe you could find someone maybe who's really... Yeah, no, there are a couple of people that I let tie me up. They're both... So. So, so you're saying someone who comes up to you who is very attractive but has no clue what even a bite is in rope 
you still say, yeah, okay. Well, on. I've I've met people like that and kind of like taught them how to tie me up, but honestly, like that gets a little tiresome, like having to lead people through if I want to be tied up. This is what I'm saying. This is why people are self-conscious because they, they're worried that you're going to go. I'm gonna be, no, go, no, no, do it this time. way. Do it that way. Or, no, or, no, that rope's in the wrong spot. Or, <laughs> even, or even more so that the whole time you'll be going, oh, that's really lovely. And the whole time in your mind you'll be going, oh, this is really, whew. what time is this over? You know, that's probably, I, I would imagine that's what it would be. I think it's more that like, you know, I'm kind of like nonchalant about this stuff. I don't like react a whole lot at first and people look at me getting tied up oh no she's gonna get out any second isn't she and i'm like no i'm actually not that hard to tie up i mean i have really skinny wrists which means i really can't slip my hands through like a decently tied column tie or handcuffs or whatever but i mean i am flexible and i can pull ropes off my body and undo knots that's that brings us up to your name obviously it's where when did you the whole escape artist that came from slave to lust when you know i brand new to the scene i'm like hey will you tie me up okay i get tied up and like five minutes later i'm out but but because you you just felt like you had to pull against it i don't know i I like the whole struggle of it like that's like the whole fun for me is like squirming against the ropes or bonds and yeah i'm thinking how your experience is very different from I'm the type of person who I I, w- I love being tied up, even if it's I've been tied up poorly before, and even in those situations, I've like sometimes you have to hold the rope so it doesn't fall <laughs> off of you. I've done that. I've held the rope so it doesn't fall off of me just because I'm like, oh no, I can't escape, you know that type of thing, because I didn't want them to stop playing with me, and I was worried that if the ropes yeah. came off, then you know, I've done that. I've done that several times. I haven't done it in years, but I, I remember being in that situation. Where it's like, I want, it took me so long to find someone to, to tie me up, that when they finally did, I'm not gonna try to escape from it. No, you know, never, you know. But you, you, you enjoyed the struggle against it, is what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah that's, my, that's the whole fun of it to me, is yeah. the struggling and squirming and like, can I get out? Can I not get out? And like, People, because you teach a lot of classes as well. Yeah. From, I've got some other friends who teach uh, rope, and the first thing usually people come up is, you know, they'll, they'll have never even touched a piece of hemp before. Or any type of rope, and they'll come. I'm here for my class. I'd like to suspend someone. You know, uh, is that pretty common? You find that they just want to jump right into the the more technical stuff without learning the basics first, or no? I've I've had a few people that want to jump right into suspension, but for the most part, people want practical restraint. They want to be able to tie their partner up for the bedroom or private play, and that's as far as they want to go with it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I concentrate on is practical restraint. Yeah. You know, teach them things that are difficult for the average person to get out of. You know, they can be struggled against and won't fall apart. You know, you can have sex in them. You can play in them. You can engage in sadomasochism in them. And they're not too difficult. Everything's based off the same, like, system of techniques. It all fits together. It all makes sense. I refer to it as a Western fusion style because I use shibari techniques, but the aesthetic and purpose is more of a western you know just tie him down kind right. of get the job thing done. yeah as opposed to unpractical um well it's not that the uh shibari style is unpractical it's just that it's different philosophy it's more like the uh the sensation of rope on the body and the process of 
placing ropes on the body is all very much an important part of it. But that's where you get into, like, the rope people versus the restraint people. Yeah. Oh, wow. Which, I I mean, obviously there's a lot of overlap, but there's a lot of people who are just really, really, really into rope. And that's a lot of what they like about it. It's very interesting. I've never thought of that before. The uh, restraint versus, what did you say? Restraint versus... Like, just, you know, basically, like, rope specifics versus, you know, bondage and restraint. Right. You know, people, if you're just into bondage and restraint... You know, you'll be willing to use anything, like rope, leather, metal, whatever, as long as it ties your partner up. Yeah. You know, but a lot of people, just the whole rope phenomenon is the focus. Like, you can wrap rope on somebody in, like, a body harness that doesn't actually restrict them, and they love it, because they love the rope. They love, you know, it being tied around them. They love the feeling of it on their body. And for some people, it's purely for aesthetic purposes. Yeah, like when you're going to go to perform, are you thinking more aesthetics, restraint, the performance of actually putting the rope on? Like, what are you usually? I like to combine all of it. Yeah. I, I like both the aesthetic, artistic aspect of it. So I have a million different colors of rope. I like the restraint aspect of it. I like the performance. You know, if there is an erotic element, that's even better. Not always, but. So what? Like, is it just whatever you're feeling at the moment? Yeah, pretty much. You know, whatever I'm feeling at the moment, whoever I'm tying up, it goes a lot of different ways. It it fills a lot of different spaces for me. It's very versatile. I think that's the main, one of the main appeals of rope is its versatility, whereas, like, leather restraints, not too versatile. Right. Like, a pair of leather cuffs, you can cuff someone's wrists. Right. A 30-foot length of rope, well, you can do a lot with that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's, I think that's sort of the appeal that a lot of people have with it, right? Yeah. And maybe it's also why it scares the crap out of so many people. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, what, look at all this rope, what do I even do with it? I just want to be able to, you know, click part A around part B and have my partner tied up. Yeah. But I do try to simplify rope in my classes to where if that's what they want, they can do that with rope. Is that is that something that, uh, you know, you find getting a lot of requests for? Is the, okay, let's... Instead of the, screw the aesthetics, let's just go. What's the fastest way to get someone in position A for this activity? Like, okay, how, what's the fastest way I can get someone into a caning position or for sex or for whatever? Yeah, I do get a fair amount of like, well, how do I tie my partner down so, you know, I can beat them and fuck them? And right. I'll show you a few techniques that'll do that. And there you go. And Pretty like, simple, yeah. But a lot of people are more and more are realizing like that the, uh, more elaborate stuff, like the pretty stuff, like that. It's not actually as difficult. Like rope has this, like has had this mystique around it for a while. I have a uh, a friend who was trying to get into the scene. He really wanted to get into the scene. He was looking for submissive, submissive to play with, and um, he 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 decided because he'd go to all these different parties, and he, the one thing he'd always see is that whoever was doing. Uh, any rope play, there was always a line forming, you know, for for, for play partners, right? <laughs> um, and so he said, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna learn as much rope as I can, just so I can I can be that guy that they come up with, <laughs> so I can, you can walk up." Um, but then he quickly found that these pe- the people who were coming up to him were using him more than it was like quite the opposite of what he thought. Yeah, right? the, the bondage ride phenomenon. Yes, yes. And so they were walking up to him and they would say, okay, I want to be suspended in this position. 
this here, you know, they were basically, you know, laying out the terms of, of what was going to happen. It was a total turnoff for him. Yeah, I mean, if you're a dom, that can be pretty tiring. Uh, me, like, when I play, like, I generally don't play as a dom. I play as, like, a service top. Like, yeah. I ask people, like, hey, how do you want to be tied up? Like, I want to... I mean, I have my own things that I want to do, obviously. But I, I don't really do that, like, strict dom headspace. I like there to be some back and forth when I tie people up. Right. No, I mean, if I, say, want to do, like, a rope mistress session with somebody and they're looking for more of someone that's like, yeah, I'm going to tie you the fuck up and you're going to stay there. I can do that. Right. But for my, in my own, you know, for my own sake, I don't do that much. Now, when I bought them, that's another story. I want to be tied up this way and that way, and I want a vibrator, and <laughs> I tend to be more of a power bottom. Like, when I get tied up, it's all about my pleasure. Of like, course. So I don't really play with people who are real domly doms. Right. For that specific reason, right? Yeah. And that's why, like, the whole DS thing never really worked for me, at least in a traditional sense, because <laughs> right. it's, like, backwards of for course. me. But uh, I like the fact that you 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 own that. A lot of people won't admit to it because there's they. I find that there's a lot of people who they know just as well as everyone else does that they're, uh, you know, they're they're sort of a more of a bottom than a submissive. But they feel that if they admit that, then that makes them not as good as the the true submissive. I'm putting that in air quotes, by the way, for those of you <laughs> listening. Um, you know what I mean? But you, you've, you've taken ownership of that. You're not lying about it. You're, you're saying this is who I am. And that's, that's refreshing. Yeah, I mean, it took me a while to figure this all out. I mean, there was... At first, you know, you don't really know the difference between a bottom and a sub. So I said, oh, I like being tied up. Therefore, I'm a submissive. Mm. Oh, wait, this doesn't really work. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, maybe I'm a dom. So, you know, I had a submissive for a while and did that. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not getting my needs met with this. So, um... So do you consider yourself switched? Do you, s- what do you kind of think? Or is it one of those things where it doesn't matter what, what you call it? It's um, your brand of whatever it is. I don't know. For the purposes of communication, we can say switch. Yeah. <laughs> do you find that to be kind of frustrating that people always ask? I, I don't think people always ask. People assume I'm like Erin Houdini, rope mistress. I'm going to tie you up. Yeah. Like people... I think forget that I enjoy really enjoy being tied up. Though I think I have enough photos on my FetLife at this point of me tied up. That Plus, with the name like Houdini, <laughs> you would think you would think that, that that sort of denotes that there's going to be some sort of bondage involved somewhere with you being the person bound, right? With you, you have a unique perspective in that. Um, one of the things I've always had problems with, like at a play party or whatever, even even in my own relationship, is is approaching someone to ask for something. Because you've done both, it sounds like. It sounds like you've been both the, the approachee and the approacher. Yeah. And uh, for you, what? Uh, maybe let's let's talk about it. Maybe from the approacher, if you're going to approach someone, what have you found to be the best best way to approach someone to ask for play without sounding too greedy? I don't know what the phrase is. Then. I guess it helps to be able to read nonverbal cues mm-hmm. and. Which is actually a problem for a lot of people in the scene. Yeah, I mean, when you walk up to someone at a party, like, and, you know, start chatting with them, like, you have to kind of be able to tell whether they're receptive or not. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, they're of a little awkward about that. And and on the flip side, when you're being approached, what do you, what do you like to hear? When, if, if it's someone who wants to, who says they really want to approach you and ask to get tied up, 
what, how do you like to be approached? You just, hi, how are you? I'm a big fan. Will you tie me up? Or yeah, actually, that's fine. Really? <laughs> um, as long as they're not all weird and awkward about it, and you know, I guess it's okay if they're a little starstruck. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's allowed. That's allowed. <laughs> I remember I was at a party. The, first, the very first time I was suspended, there was a friend of mine who um, who did it, and uh, there was, I think she was the only female rope top there, and I was only up for maybe five minutes or something like that. It was very short, at least, but it, for me it felt really, really long. My first time I was like, whoa, what's happening here? But I heard, I overheard this guy walk up to her and say, I'm next, <laughs> meaning he was next to get tied, right? That was his way of of asking, or not even asking, he thought, like you said, it was like the big wild ride. He walked up and said, I'm next, and then someone else was almost doing the exact same thing. I remember thinking, if I was a woman, why would I do, why would I, why would I be at this space just to get a bunch of, you know, weasley guys coming up to me and just, you know, basically doing that? Is that, do you think that's one of the big reasons why there aren't as many female rope tops, or I should say public play female rope tops? Um, that's one possibility. I don't know, I mean, like, there's not that many people in general that really do, like, the whole rope performing and stuff. Yeah. Like, I just, I just seem to find that, uh, in, in just about every situation where I've, had, you know, had a female dominant friend who wanted to do something uh, at a play party or at a, at a public event, usually the only thing that's standing in her way from doing it is some asshole guy or some guy who doesn't know any better who's trying to, you know, wedge himself in on the action. Yeah, I'm mean, like, a lot of times there's like, I'll be tying and stuff and other people at the party locked like I'm not even there. Like, you know, that's happened at like, one of the reasons I taught myself so much rope is because I would go to a rope class and be like totally overlooked. Why do you think that is? Sexism? You think so? <laughs> I yeah. mean, that, that's so it happened. It's, happened. it's not all rope classes, but it was a couple where like that really stuck out to me. It's like, wow, I'm here and I want to learn rope, but no, it's like I'm apparently like not legitimate or something. Like, cause has that gotten better over time? Yeah, I think as rope's gotten more popular, it has gotten like more people are doing rope classes geared towards women it's gotten better yeah i wonder if it's a you know i think i think you're probably right i mean obviously i've never been in that position before right uh i have been in the position where i've gone with someone to a a rope uh event where there was like a class being taught and they just assumed i was the one who's going to be doing the time because i was the guy i've run into that before and then when you say actually no i'm 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 gonna be the one getting tied up they're like oh Wow. Oh, oh, okay. But they're definitely taken aback by it a little bit. It just seemed kind of, it just seemed kind of weird to me. Yeah, I always wonder what people, make who who have that mindset make of me like doing like show bondage at clubs and stuff. Right. Like, <laughs> do you think do you think they're? I mean, what what what's in your mind when when you when you think of what they're thinking? I don't know. First, like, there's also, like, the assumption that everyone's straight and I'm not straight. Right. So, like, sure. there's that, too. And It seems like... Know, like it's it was, weird. But it's... Uh, I always like to think 
that uh, as time goes by, we evolve not just as a people, but as a scene, right? I like to think that. Am I completely wrong in assuming that that is happening, even if it's happening baby steps by baby steps? Because it's difficult to tell. If, if people are acting less weird because of who you are, because like, oh, well, I mean, because of the name alone, right? Or if it's getting better. Am I making any sense? I don't think I can take credit for... No, no, I'm not saying take it, but you can take credit for your own, right? You can take, no, I'm saying, I'm saying for you personally. Like, if you were to walk in where, in a situation where nobody knew who you were, do you think the vibe you'd get would be more positive now than what it was when you were first starting and going into it? I don't know. I feel like when people, like, ever go somewhere and nobody knows who I am, like I said, people are just really confused. I'm like, a woman tying rope? Like, wait a minute, she's tying other women? Like, what? what's going on here? I don't get it. Like... It's just very weird. That, that is kind of weird that people would would react that way. I guess maybe I'm so isolated in my own. I, I know so many female rope tops because maybe because I've just kind of those are my my friends. I mean, there's a the, lot of female rope tops now. I just right. felt like there is in other cities or like a few years ago there weren't. Have you considered uh, walking around with like a neon hat that flashes your name and? And maybe a t-shirt that also flashes neon, something like, I'm, trust me, I'm really good at rope, or something like that. I think that the funniest one recently was, I was doing, rigging at a club, and some, a guy came up to me and was like, hey, will you suspend my girlfriend, or female partner, wh- whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, I had no one else in line, so I'm like, yeah, sure. And afterwards, he's like, yeah, you did really good work. And then I'm like, yeah. Thank you. I'm like, I'm Aaron, by the way. Wait, you're Aaron Houdini? <laughs> <laughs> so what, what What do you think people imagine? I don't know. You should ask, you should ask next time. You should ask. Because uh, I'm always curious. Because people, people, when they hear the podcast, are always... And I've had this, I've had this reaction for quite a bit. They always think I'm a like, mid-50s, very hairy, overweight guy. <laughs> That's what they always imagine. When people people meet me in person, that's what they said. Oh, I thought you were really hairy and overweight and and much much older. Which I don't know if that's a if that's a good thing. I think that's just like a stereotype of people that are really into BDSM. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like the whole like basement dweller stereotype yeah. is that like BDSM is for you know out of shape nerds who do kinky stuff because they can't get regular sex, right. and that's one of many stereotypes that's hopefully dissolving. Let's talk about uh, DS. You said DS was not for you. No, DS really isn't for me in my personal life. And I guess it's fun to play with every now and then. With me as the dom, I actually hate being submissive. (laughs) Um, What what, what is it you hate about it? I like to dictate things. Mm -hmm. Like when I'm getting tied up, I like to have input on how I'm being tied up and like what's being done to me and like you know I've ended up you know my partner will just be doing stuff they want to me that they think I like and I don't like it and I'm like obviously not liking it here and then just keep doing it and like I had one partner who was a dom went so far as to like blatantly ignore my consent and safe words and that's the point where like I am done with this submissive thing no it's yeah. not for me like as far as like being a dom, like, you know what it was really is I stopped seeing my partner as an equal. I mean, like I was, I'm fine with the dom headspace, but I'm like, wow, like, 
I feel like I'm superior to this person. I don't want to feel like that. Like, was it a lo- uh, loss of respect? Partially, yeah. yeah. It was just like a loss of a lot of things. It just so it was just felt very unbalanced to me. Not saying like I couldn't find a balanced DS relationship, just that like, well, suppose I did. Like, then what? Like, what's really fulfilling is so you know being with somebody I can consider an equal. How did what? Do you remember a specific point where you realized that you didn't feel like the person was an equal? Was there something in particular that kind of was a flag? I don't know. I just felt like I was taking so much control of like different aspects of the person's life, and I'm like, really, like it's just I don't want to have to mold the person I'm with into anything. I want somebody who stands on their own that wants to be with me. Yeah, that's a very common uh, thing for people in DS relationships right I mean, it's a very difficult um it's a very difficult line because uh, especially when you're first starting out with someone and you're like in that early dating stage where you want to sort of get put your you know you want to put your best every every good aspect of yourself out uh but it's not until you see the other areas of them where you really kind of realize that they can have a relationship with them because everyone's going to have uh, on a first date almost everyone's going to be their yeah. you know their best plus i mean like it's that the being like dominant just doesn't really do much for me sexually most of the time it's i mean like tying someone up if i'm tying up someone hot is fun but like beyond that like say to you know being dominant from a sadomasochistic standpoint doesn't really do that much for me mm-hmm. you know i feel like as far as like sex goes like the service top role comes more naturally it's because you 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 making the skill you have i think it's more that like well if we're just going to do what i want to do Tie me up. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. It's like, all right, so if you want a bottom, it's like, all right, so how do you, you know, what do you like as a bottom? (laughs) So let's let's work together on this. That's pretty good. How did you, how long have you been with Pandora? Um, I don't know, a year and a half-ish. How did you meet? Um, we briefly saw each other at a suspension party. Apparently she thought I was cute. She emailed me the next night. We chatted over FetLife for a couple weeks. Then I finally convinced her to come over. We realized that we both liked Arrested Development. (laughs) 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 So that was going to be our date. And she showed up dressed like a prostitute. And I'm like, holy shit, you're hot. (laughs) 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 And... (laughs) She just kind of never left after that first date. Yeah. It was cute. She's like, wow, really, Erin? Like, I could, you want me to stay? Like, most people, like, you know, I'm the exotic sex toy that people just, like, push on as soon as they're done. I'm like, no, I like you. I want you to stay. That's awesome. <laughs> and, you know, we did that whole, like, lesbian U-Haul thing where we just, like, immediately move in. That's the, that's the joke. I've only Yeah, what does, lesb- what does a lesbian bring on the second date? A U-Haul. Right, that's right. The, that's a stereotype, so... And it, and it turns out you perpetuated the stereotype. Yeah, the second time I've done that, too. Like, And how did you find out that she was poly, too? Or is it just one of those things where you didn't have to really talk about that much? It's funny. We've gone back and forth between poly and monogamy. Like, when we met, I'm like, I want to be poly because I still want to, like, do bondage stuff with other people. She's like, okay, cool. Then, like, a couple months in, we're like... She wanted me all to herself. I was losing interest in, like, bothering to play with other people. So, like, all right, let's be monogamous. Then, like, a few months later, I'm like, okay, 
like we both got some needs and wants that aren't quite being filled with this. Let's be poly again. I'm like, okay, cool. So, you know, she dated a girl. She met an okay Cupid. I went back to doing the occasional bondage date and it's been fine like that, actually. Like it works for us. So uh, how did you discuss boundaries when, when like, how did you discuss boundaries? Okay, well, you're going to do rope date. You know, is it just going to be rope or how, how did those no, conversations go? No, we decided that like, there's nothing sexual that either of us attach any like special meaning to like sex is sex go enjoy yourself mm-hmm. like it's more like the uh emotional and time commitments that are important yeah it's like yeah um it's like we're each other's priority like if pandora needs me like Sorry, bondage date. Like, we gotta reschedule. Pandora needs me. Of course. Sorry, bondage date. <laughs> and vice versa. Of course. You know, Pandora will have to say, sorry, fuck date. Erin needs me. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that is, uh, that sounds like such an easy conversation. It sounds like you guys had really had no... It... Well, polyamory, it, it's involved for us, too, because Pandora, went, you know, she experimented with it and had her whole slut phase and then decided what she really wants is like deeper emotional relationships with different people so she's you know moved more towards that form of polyamory where it's like you have you know your primary relationship with me and then she has a lover who she's close with and that's been fulfilling for her and but is she are there, are there any other uh like kink aspect that you both click on together, or uh... um, we both think women in business suits are hot. <laughs> <laughs> that's good enough. Um, <laughs> sure. No, it's not something we can really do together, though. But you can't wear business suits together. Well, it's more of like Pandora wears a business suit, and I ogle and molest her. <laughs> vice versa. You don't wear a business suit for her. No, we we've. It's funny. Like when we met, I was more of like a high femme, and over the course of the relationship. Like, huh, this whole two high fems thing doesn't work. So my maintenance level went, like, now I'm, like, low-maintenance, dykey, low-fem, and she's the high-fem, and that's more, like, balanced, I guess. That's so interesting that you've just sort of, it just sort of naturally evolved that. Now, did you consciously say two high-fem things? No, that was not conscious. I mean, I'm sure it works for somebody, but it right. didn't work for us. No, but so. for you, but I mean, but you just, you just kind of naturally altered or maybe not altered isn't the right word. You naturally adjusted to yeah. fit the dynamic. Well, plus, like, I mean, I, I was not a kink rock star, you know, forever. Like, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, my own, like, personal evolution has coincided with this and me, like, sort of, I guess, growing up. <laughs> into, like, we've learned to better articulate what we're really into and, like, really refine, like, what exactly it is we're looking for. And how do you... Because that, that's something that most people themselves don't know. You know, they, most people... If you ask most people, what are you looking for? Most of them, they won't even know. Or is it the, the nature of the relationship has sort of forced a type of introspection that you wouldn't normally have? Definitely. There's yeah. definitely been a lot of introspection from that point. Especially because, like, as I mentioned earlier, Pandora does not give a shit about bondage. Right. Does she ever humor you? Um, 
when she's tied me up before, but generally, like, I'll talk more about this later, but, like, I'd rather just tie myself up. I think it's refreshing that you're both comfortable enough to know that you don't have to do something you wouldn't normally want to do. Yeah, it's like, well, I'm like, if she doesn't get anything out of it, like, why would I make her do it? Sure. Like, well, but some people enjoy, like, even if they're not getting something directly out of it, they enjoy it because the other person's there getting their rocks off. She, she's very, like, direct. Like, she, she's... The fact that, like, I get things indirectly out of doing things sexually is sort of, like... She doesn't work the same way in that respect. Sure, right. Like, no matter how much I like being tied up, she's still not going to get anything out of it. Right. But, again... Whereas, you know, if I'm, say, doing, like, something more, like, vanilla sex with her, like, maybe I'm not getting, you know, as much directly out of it as she is, but, like, I'm still really enjoying it, because, like, I enjoy, like, that sort of, like, indirect transfer of pleasure... And even though, you know, you're in the, the kink circles, uh, do you find that uh, it's still confusing for other people around you, especially if they don't know a lot about you? Is it? I don't think so, just because, like, Pandora and I have talked about this, a lot about this, and, like, I touched on it earlier about how, like, big and diverse the New York City kink scene is, and how it's more than just kink and BDSM. It's really this whole big sex-positive culture, you know, that overlaps with polyamory and sex workers, sex bloggers, and feminism, and every, you know, circle, it sort of all comes together. Yeah, you're right. When I first started, I was doing a, a kink blog. Actually, it was, a, it was a basically a lack of kink blog. It was just me looking for, it was a blog about me looking for dominant women. And you're absolutely right. It's sort of, a, the, the different areas touch in, in many different aspects, whether it's blogging, Poly, and you got the sw- like, but swinging isn't that. For some reason, sw- the swinging community doesn't seem to be as. Into yeah, that, that's weird. That there's not much overlap with the swing community. I think it's just because, you know, the swing community is often not sex positive. They definitely right. want to keep it behind closed doors and be very traditional outside of that. And it's if there is a three way, it's going to be two women and a guy. I've heard this from <laughs> from my friends who go. Yeah, I had a gig at a swingers club a couple months ago, and it was. Very different. <laughs> you don't have to say names, but you mean you mean it was very different in that it was very hetero, very hetero guy and and maybe yeah. bi female. Very het, very like meat market esque. Whereas like a BDSM party, there's a lot of like socializing. Whereas at this particular swingers party, it. It was very clear, like, you're there to find someone to hook up, and that's it. Yeah. There, there'll be no socializing. I mean, not that there was no socializing, right. just that, like, what socializing was going on struck me as very awkward, like, as like more of, like, a sizing up, than I'm like, hey, let's hang out. That seems, that seems, that sounds like the epitome of awkwardness. Yeah. Why do you think they, uh, maybe there's the same level of expectation, or I don't know what it is, but there's something definitely different at a swing club that I've experienced. Yeah, it goes to that whole cultural thing, like, swing club, you know, everybody, most everybody there is probably going to identify with, like, mainstream American culture, right. whereas, you know, BDSM party, it's like a lot of alternative lifestylers who don't. Right. We, one of the swing clubs we went to, we ended up doing a strap-on scene, uh, and there were a couple of other women who were at the party who wanted to try it as well, and they did it. And the guys afterwards were like looking at me like, 
I, I have no idea what I could. It's, it was very difficult to tell. It was it was definitely something like, "Wow, what the hell just happened?" I wasn't expecting. Oh yeah, that was the same reaction I got from tying a girl up at the swing party. Yeah, was the whole like, "What are they doing?" Like my bottom, she was like, "Yeah, it's like we're speaking another language." Here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not to say. I mean, I and I, I know people who swing who are in the lifestyle, and I, I, I guess I've never had this conversation with them about why is it so different. Why is the vibe so different? Maybe it is the meat market thing. I mean, I'm going to stick with, like, the whole, like, alternative lifestyle versus mainstream lifestyle thing. Like, that's... I'm not a sociologist. It's the best I can do. Right. Also, I mean, <laughs> like, most of the, most of the um, play parties and stuff like that you do in, in public, there, there is no direct sex involved, right? There is very little... You, rarely is there nudity yeah. or anything like that. So but like, a, lot of, a lot of BDSM people, like something that's not conventional fucking can be the focus of a very intense scene whereas you know you go outside of that to say a swing club and like if there's no fucking it's just foreplay yeah that's very interesting it's just like you know the whole outlook on what sex is is different so um this this brings up another question so when when you and pandora are talking like is this is rope for you is that sex if you tie someone up and you're i mean is that a is that a form of sex in your mind um, or if someone ties you up? Depends. Yeah. What's the difference? I mean, how... how what's the difference between just casual play and and when does it become... I sex? mean, there's this intangible intensity threshold to where it goes from, like, casual play to sex for mm-hmm. me. And, like, Even though the, the exact same acts can be, be performed, uh-huh. one is going to be sex. Yeah, it's got. there's got to be, like, this intangible intensity level reached, you know? Yeah. And it's got to be, like, you know, mutual, like... I mean, like, if it's really intense for me and my partner's more or less service topping, like, I don't think I would call it sex. I would call, could certainly call it BDSM play. Sure. I feel like, you know, sex has this implication of it being like a mutual exchange. Yeah. It's almost, uh, if there's a service top and if they're not getting the same level out of it as you are, it's almost a form of masturbation where they're, they're, they're masturbating. It's like, yeah, it's like almost like assisted masturbation. Right. But like, I, I prefer BDSM play. It assisted sounds, masturbation. <laughs> assisted sound, masturbation. Doesn't, I love doesn't that. sound nearly as sexy when you put it that way. That's true, yeah. It sounds like something you'd need Medicare for or something. Like that, you know? <laughs> need help with assisted masturbation? Yeah, no thanks. Um, <laughs> that's really interesting. Um, so, uh, so with her not uh, with Pandora not being in rope into rope at all, or as much as you. Well, I will specify here that like it's not just rope for me. I just like being restrained. Right. You know, generally the tighter the better. I like to struggle. I like to actually not be able to escape. That's when it's the most fun. Right. And one of the things is like I don't. We touched on this really about like me meeting people to tie me up and like. Well, I'm sure if I pursued it more aggressively like i mean i I do have several people that i like tying me up but part of me is like i really just like tying myself up and it's i've sort of perfected this (laughs) now i know someone else who does this and i haven't had a length conversation with him but how how do you you prefer I, i used to do it as a kid but it sounds like you're, you're on a whole another plane of what I well, used to do. Well, I, I don't use rope. I use leather cuffs, chains, locks, belts. Locks? Yeah. So how do you get out if there's a lock? I grab the key. Right. But, I mean, 
So you have the key in your hand the whole time? No, I hang the key on the wall, so I can. it's difficult to reach, but I can get it. Now, if I want to be more adventurous, I can put the key out of reach, mm-hmm. so that, you know, say, Pandora has to come let me out, otherwise I'm totally stuck. Do you have some, like, ever have, like, some elaborate timed... No, I've never done the elaborate, like, stuff that people do for, like, timed release, such... I've heard of like you know ice cubes. Yeah, yeah. ice cubes. No. Put in the key in an ice cube. You don't. You're shaking your head like that's ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. No. It's just like not my personal interest. Yeah. Like, but what is it about having something that's slightly out of reach as opposed to something that's timed? What What is the difference in your head? I think it's more of like the independence aspect is like well, tie myself up tightly. So having some nerve problems, can't really like squirm my way out of mm-hmm. it. I gotta let myself out. It's happened a couple times. Or, you know, maybe. That sounds weird, but like, been tied up a while. Okay, now I'm just like, kind of done. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to be tied up anymore. Sure, no, absolutely. Possess the amazing ability to orgasm just from squirming against bondage. You can. All right, I think the microphone might be. Maybe didn't pick that up. <laughs> I said I. Possess- you can <laughs> orgasm just from squirming against. That's correct. So it doesn't matter if it's rope, cuffs, whatever. You can... It, okay, you're going to have to explain a little more than... Well, if I'm tied up tightly and pleasurably, I can orgasm just from that. Is it like the friction of the rubbing up? So it's not, it, it is... I'm trying to think. So it's not like a friction. You're not rubbing up against anything to make yourself orgasm. It's the actual act of just... I mean, I'm... There is like and it's not this it's like this whole package of sensation that comes with like squirming against bondage it's like a whole body thing holy shit i have to start squirming that's my problem my problem is i haven't been squirming <laughs> that's so amazing what did, how did you discover this uh i did not discover this until a few months ago holy, okay <laughs> this is this is insane <laughs> so you haven't had time to fully analyze it or have you well, I think it was more that, like, in our polyamory conversations, one of the things I resolved to do is like, all right, well, if Pandora is going to go out and have different partners, I need to figure out what I want. What I really want is to be tied up and squirm and stuff and enjoy it. And you know what? I'm flexible. I'm good with restraints. I bet I can do this to myself. I've done it before. I bet I could get better at it. And, like... Honestly, like, I had no idea I would orgasm from it. Like, I thought the goal was, honestly, it was like, I tie myself up, I squirm around a while, then Pandora comes upstairs and plays with me. Yeah. It did not work that way. (laughs) Okay, so how did it happen? I tie myself up. I mean, like... You don't have have to make it like a penthouse letter. I'm not saying... No, like, I mean, like, I like to dress up and feel, you know, feel sexy and good about my appearance. Sure. I... You know, I actually really like being gagged while bound, so I can do that to myself. With sure. Like you know, as is your want. You know, sure. a soft cloth and like tape over that, and that's fun. Of and course. Tie myself up with like the belts and cuffs and locks and stuff, and do that. Squirm around a while, and I'm like doing it. And I'm like, it's like my mind goes blank. It's like all there is is me and the restraints and I'm just like squirming around I'm like it just feels so good and like <laughs> so 
I, it must have gone from, oh, this feels really good, to holy crap, this is, this like, is an orgasm. Yeah, it's like, wow, this feels really amazing. I like this. <laughs> and afterwards, were you like, holy crap, Pandora, guess what? I'm just thinking to myself, like, wow, never I didn't know that was possible for me. What do I, what now? Wait yeah. a minute. I'm still like tied up. The key's all the way up there and I need Pandora to come down. <laughs> like, you know, and I have a, you know, um, my um, mouth is taped and I can't like tell her. I'm like, what's going to happen? So that was a fun night. <laughs> so uh, have you done it since? Um, that's when I started leaving the key within reach. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just in case like, well, what if I don't feel like being tied up after lying in the afterglow a bit so i'm sure people are going to email uh oh my god aaron can i tie you up and then watch you orgasm while tied up right they're either going to ask that or they're going (laughs) to say okay give me the exact exact scenario in which this happens so i can do it myself that's what they'll be that's what they'll be doing i figured if i wanted to be a bondage porn star i could just film myself doing this and sell it on clips for (laughs) sale but that's true that's true (laughs) now i i used to and i suppose like the last time i probably tied myself up was a couple years ago um but for me, I was it was always one hand free, because you know that's not being tied up. Okay, hold on. <laughs> but it, I, it was always one hand free because I don't know. I couldn't. Maybe I didn't invest enough energy into. I just needed one hand free so I could get myself out. But you know, if you got a roommate who's not as open to it, or you don't want the person walking in, or or you're worried the fire might, or. Are, you're laughing at me because of the. You do no, it's a self bondage is kind of dangerous. Right. <laughs> So it's what I'm saying. It's also important for, to know for people to be. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't really recommend tying yourself up inescapably. That that can be kind of bad. Yeah, <laughs> but you sound like you get kind of kind of close to that point. Yeah, I mean, like the idea is like if I actually do it inescapably, it's because Pandora knows I'm up there tied up and right. knows where the keys are. But what happens? I'm saying, but, but when you when you do it and you have the key, so it's just out of reach, just barely. No, no it's actually just in barely in reach. Oh, barely in reach. Okay. Yeah. But what happens if you bump something and all of a sudden it's out of reach? There's multiple sets of keys. Oh wow! So so you are taking so there you were painting it like there was just one key which was hanging by a, a thread that was just barely. No, I'm barely pretty. There. I'm I'm pretty careful about. So you've got plenty. You got multiple keys in multiple locations. Yeah. Okay. That's smart. Okay. And then, like, my phone's available. Like, right. <laughs> can squirm okay. off the bed onto the floor and just, like, grab my phone and right. text. Like, okay. hey, I'm tied up. Come <laughs> help me out. <laughs> At your earliest convenience, if you could please let me loose. Um, well, okay, so you are taking... I'm glad to hear that, because I'm, I'm, I guarantee someone was going to email in a huff saying... No, the whole, like, about? oh, but it works for Aaron. No, 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 no. Right, right. Just no, what, what other type of precautions do you, do you take that maybe some people might not be thinking? But phone and keys, that's probably the big ones, right? Uh, that's probably all I personally need. Yeah. If someone was going to ask you about... Uh, did, have you taught a class on self bondage? Yeah, I have taught self bondage classes. About yeah, I mean, I've taught people how to tie themselves up with rope, and I'm just like, yeah, always keep your safety shears around. Yeah. And your phone, like, you know, I remind people that self-bondage is, in fact, dangerous. Yeah. Like, you can really fuck yourself up if you uh, do it and you can't get out and there's no one around. And So, uh, you were suggesting that my, uh, it was just semi-restraint? What would you call it? Semi-self-restraint? You could call it self-bondage, I guess. Exactly. Like, I, could, like <laughs> I guess, if you want to be technical. 
I mean, that just goes back to another thing we touched on earlier is like people that want the sensation of being bound and people that want to like actually be restrained. Like it's like, so there's so many different like ways of enjoying it. Yeah. And I think, I think for me, I think for me, the reason why I always had like one hand free was the paranoia of it wasn't, I, I desperately wanted to be completely bound but it was the paranoia of what happens if oh, and I'm sitting, I'm tied up, and all of a sudden, landlord walks in. I've got to check the meter or whatever. You know, yeah. that's my luck. I think I was just paranoid more than anything else. I couldn't fully relax. Yeah. I mean, I made it a point since living in New York City to eliminate that as a problem and live in, like, kinky households. Right. What made you decide to, to make your own rope? Because that's, I mean... A lot of people, I, I've met a lot of people who had this grandiose idea, and then they start down the path and go, this is way too much work. You just enjoyed doing it yourself? Um, at first, no. It was, I, was, once again, like, I wasn't always good at this. My first attempt at dyeing rope was, you know, writ dye on the cotton polyester blend clothesline I used when I was first starting out. I got it like a pale lavender didn't come out very well. Next attempt, buy some rope at Home Depot, try some more writ dye. Came out all speckled. Yeah. Learned the hard way that uh, not all rope that's advertised as nylon is pure nylon. Really? It has some either, either polyester or polypropylene in it, and that does not take dye the same way that right. nylon does. Right. So I wasted a lot of money and a lot of rope doing that. <laughs> um... <laughs> So I stopped dyeing rope for a while after that. I'm like, screw this. This is way too hard. I don't remember exact. I think around the time of the rope thing, I'm like thinking to myself, you know what? I need to have like ropes available for people to use. And like, I kind of want to try this whole rope dye thing again. So this time around, I did more research on it. You know, picked up rope that was pure nylon Picked up the proper dyes. This time, I got something that came out looking good. And people used it as their rope things, and they really liked it. Yeah. And they, would a- they asked me if, it- if I sold it. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> like, Wait a minute. Hmm. I have an idea. <laughs> and so that's how my rope business started. Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, it, it, it started off as just a way for you to, you know, help other people get off. Yeah, the well, I mean, like, even before the that, like, I really just wanted to have pretty rope to use when I, you know, did, like, rigging in public. Like, I just wanted my stuff to look good. Like, mm-hmm. that's all it was originally. Well, that's right, but people can, people can find you on FetLife, and you're actually building a website as well. Yeah, AaronHoudini.com currently just redirects to my FetLife, but I'm hoping by the end of this week get the actual, like, site is up and running. Oh, awesome. It'll have, you know, photos of all my ropes, you know, all the information in one place. So, so by the time this goes out there, you're going to have a website, that thing. Yeah, it would seem like that, yes. That's awesome. Uh So, but you're going to have ropes. What else do you, obviously you teach classes? Yeah, I teach private lessons. I do workshops once a month. We talked about the workshops earlier. Sometimes I'll do the workshops for other organizations. Um, 
Is this just whatever, whatever they come to you, or you you volunteer? How does that usually? Um, when I was first starting out, I would volunteer. I think these days, people come to me. Well, I though I mean, if if, deal, if right. there is something that I want to go to, and they have not approached me, I will approach them and say, mm-hmm. "Hey, do you, any chance uh, you're interested in me doing a rope workshop for you?" Yeah. It seems to work out right because every every time I ever, you know, I've run into someone when when they're name dropping you as well, they'll say, "Oh yeah, we're gonna you're gonna go to Aaron's thing this weekend or whatever like that." You know, I used to go to I used to go to rope events just hoping someone could be there to tie me up. Yeah, which is kind of a Weasley thing to do. I never. Yeah, it's funny. Know. It is kind of Weasley. It I is. specifically. Uh, discourage that kind right. of attendance exactly. at the rope thing. Of course, I was there just volunteering my body. Hey, what can I say? You know. Uh, but I, I, rest assured, I will not be, you know, I don't do that anymore, thankfully. I've done. I've done. Well, hey, I think everybody goes through, I, I did that too at first, yeah. like, I just want to be tied up, like. <laughs> but, and there, there's a, but there's a creepy way of doing it, and then there's an innocent, impish way of doing it. Yeah. You know? Well, again, it's pretty easy to filter out the creeps, so. Yeah. So what else can people, what else are you have on the website? You're going to have ways to people get your rope, you're going to have classes, are you going to blog, are you going to become a sex blogger? Who knows? I just want to get something up with the colors mostly, so people can see all my colors. Right. <laughs> because imagine that's the biggest, most common thing. Are you gonna do stick with the, pretty much the same colors, or? I think I've got about twenty-seven Holy on crap. my okay. draft website. I've got another three or four hanging, drying in my apartment right now. There's a total of forty stock colors. Jeez. And then I can color match. So if you don't see the exact shade you want, just Send me a color sample and I'll match it for you. That's awesome. Currently, I'm doing only nylon, but I plan on expanding into cotton and hemp. So, uh, are you going to be making those? Are you going to be getting them from like a reseller or something? Well, I order my rope, you know, wholesale. Right. In, you know, thousands of feet at a time. Do you have just like massive amounts of rope all over your apartment? No, it's actually pretty neatly stored away. Really, that's nice. Yeah. I just imagine this like elaborate Wiley Coyote styled conveyor belt system <laughs> with all this different rope being dyed and everything. But it's not no, I am in fact obsessively organized. Really? Pandora will make fun of me for having OCD. Really? <laughs> I, I'm sure that's something that so I wish I had a little bit more OCD. <laughs> I'm kind of a bit of a slob, but no. Uh, this is really a lot of fun. It was so nice getting to getting to know you a little bit better and getting and hopefully you'll be willing to come back again. Sure. Thank you, Aaron, and thank you for listening. And uh, we will have another episode in a couple weeks. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.